Hey guys, and welcome back to the Laughable Podcast with myself, Keen, and my co-host, Craig. How are you getting on? Not too bad. How are you, Keen? Ah, uh, sure, I can't complain. I see you have your, your notebook out, so if there's a no topic you want to lash out. Yeah, um, what I've started to do now, Keen, is during the week, I keep a diary, write down little bits and bobs that I did and noticed and everything throughout the week until the next podcast. So, uh... Firstly, I watched a film called Fatal Attraction. Are you familiar with that film? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Yeah, it's um between 30 and 40 years old at the moment. So it's a fair age, but it's um it's quite good. It was actually nominated for six Oscars. I don't think it won any, <laughs> but um, it's quite good. And uh, who who stars in, in Fatal Attraction for, for the un- uninitiated? Yeah, I um, it is Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. Just just on Glenn Close. Yeah. For the longest time, hmm. I didn't know what Glenn Close looked like. Yeah, because she's so different and everything. <laughs> yeah, I also just assumed she was a man because her name was Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things. It's something like I I actually had this thought lately. I was like. Names like Jamie. Yeah. I immediately think, oh, that's a boy's name. But there's a lot of girls named Jamie. Yeah, and the same with Alex. Yeah. I get and so confused with that name. Yeah. But, like, who's to say if a name is masculine or feminine? That's like, true, yeah. If, if our generation all decided to name their baby girls Craig, then Craig becomes a, a gender-neutral name. Still feel sorry for the girls. Jeez. I would, I would, <laughs> but I feel less sorry for them if there was four of them in a class. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. And then as time goes on, like you never know. Like our names could have been originally names used for girls. It could have been. And then as time went on, it transferred. It's like uh, high heels. This yeah. is a fun fact now. High heels were originally for men. Really? Yeah. Why was that? I think it was just to make them taller. Oh. And then ladies start wearing them. Or it was something to do with calf muscles. I don't know, I don't know the full facts of it, but I just know that they were originally for men. I'll have to invest in a pair. <laughs> Imagine, people people see us out in the streets. Yeah, I reckon, what am I, 5'7", put uh, 6 inches on me then. That'll get you to 6 foot 2. That's pretty good. It's pretty Wait. good. My maths is completely Wow, you'd be over seven foot. You'd be you? six one. Six one, sorry. Would you be over seven foot? Uh, with a six inch heel? Yeah. No, I'd be six foot eleven. There's yeah, twelve inches enough. in the foot. Yeah. Close enough. I'd be just under seven foot. Yeah. You could put an insole in there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Inch up a little bit then. Get what? some uh, platforms. Yeah, there you go. What's the um thing some guys wear now? I think it's Cuban heels. Yeah. That's supposed to make them taller as well. I, I don't think I'd be able for a heel. I have ankles like a baby gazelle. <laughs> Just Actually, no, they have really good ankles. They can, like, walk immediately. What has really bad ankles? Oh, God. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Let us know on our socials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tweet us uh, at Laughable P. What you think is uh, uh, an animal that has bad ankles? It might not necessarily... Yeah, we'll do that. It might not necessarily be something that genuinely has bad ankles, but something that you look at and went, that's an animal that has bad ankles. 
Yeah. I was thinking of maybe like a flamingo, but I was like, do they have ankles? <laughs> I don't think they have ankles. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So that, that's why that I didn't re- say it. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, In the Waterboy when uh, the, the coach goes up. Have you seen Waterboy? I have, yeah. When the coach goes over for, for dinner and they're eating a, an anaconda and he's like, oh, what, what part am I eating? And she's like, well, snakes don't really have parts. Yeah. But if I had to say, it'd probably be his knee. <laughs> <laughs> his knee. I just yeah, I just have a snake with a knee. With a just, knee, yeah. Just ha- you get halfway down a snake and it's just... It's just bending. <laughs> if it tries to slither in the wrong direction, <laughs> yeah. it gets hyperextended and can't move. <laughs> Sorry, we completely got uh, away from fatal attraction. Or fatal attraction? Fatal attraction, that's, that's it, yeah. But, um... It is. I'm not too afraid about spoilers because it is so old. So I can tell yeah. you a little bit about it if you want. Yeah, do. But um, Michael Douglas is a family man. He's married to a loving wife and he has a young daughter. And they live in a small apartment. But they're hoping to move to the countryside for a bit more space. And it's just better all around, less noise. Because they're living in New York City. Yeah. And he's also a lawyer. And through work, he meets Glenn Close, who is this attractive young woman. And it's obvious to see that the two of them both kind of have a liking towards one another. Yeah. And his wife goes to the countryside to visit both her parents as well as to try and find a home for them. So Michael Douglas is leaving work one day and it's pissing rain and he can't get his umbrella to work. Glenn Close notices this and is like, oh, oh, I'm in here now. So she goes over and covers. <laughs> that was the exact line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm in there now. I'm in there now, boy. Oh, <laughs> she goes over there. You, you see you, Michael Douglas. Yeah, you get under my umbrella. So you get under my umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I w- I, oh, we should write a film. Yeah, we should definitely write a film. You're not getting wet, but I'll be getting wet later. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, that is rotten. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> we'd write the most culty version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you like that? Oh, yeah. She seductively takes off his wellies. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him by the porch, Margaret. <laughs> They're covered in couches. You can't bring them into the house. <laughs> no, no. I've ruined the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> But um, they decide to go for dinner anyways. And throughout dinner, she's kind of putting out these little bit of innuendos and everything. And he, he's pretty honest with her from the start. Like, he, he lets her know that he's married and then he has a child and everything. But she's still pretty keen. And the next minute, they're heading, they're heading to her place. And they're inside. And they're all over one another, ripping each other's clothes off. And they actually start having sex in the sink. And she turns on the tap and starts putting pouring water on her and pouring water on him and nothing's left to the imagination now which is very strange because for a man who grew up watching 101 Dalmatians <laughs> and um, <laughs> Cruella de Vil and everything you know like oh jeez yeah, she played Cruella de Vil yeah, exactly well she definitely shows off her puppies in this movie because <laughs> 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 uh, she's practically naked for the whole film Alright. She really is though. But um they go on uh they spend two days in her in her apartment just basically having sex. 
And he decides then that, sure, he has to go home because he has to prepare for his wife and child coming back. And that they have to pretend that they never, ever met, basically. This was all just, this is going to be a secret. Right. This, this never happened. But she doesn't like that at all and slits her wrists. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know, yeah, big, big change. And then he has to try and comfort her and everything. And sure, he just says, right, this was a mistake. Just never go on about it again. So um, he goes back to work, but for weeks, she keeps pestering him. She rings and rings and rings nonstop. Is she ringing the house? Or does She's it... ringing the house and his workplace. Oh, she's, she can't be ringing the house. No, it can't be ringing the house. <laughs> he starts to get more and more afraid, thinking she's turned into a bit of a stalker. Well, by the sounds of it. And 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 how how are things with the wife and the kids? Um, the wife and the kids, grand. He hasn't let on anything happened at all. There, she's totally unaware of this woman and and everything. Anyways, anyway, time passes and she shows up to his work. She does different things. She vandalizes his car. Now, is she doing this out of love? She's doing it out of lust? love because she she's in love with him. Yes, after the two days. Like, this is what I don't get. And it happens in a lot of movies. What's that? You love him. So you take it out on his car. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh, and yeah, this will really get him. I- I'll win him over with this. Yeah. Hold on till I break his windows. Break his windows and put... I think she actually put shit on his car, like feces. But I what? could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she did. So nothing, nothing if, if is better than uh, the smell of shit. <laughs> if you come out to your car, you're going, oh, I need to find who did this yeah. so I can marry them. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But um, she tracks him down and he eventually answers the phone to her one day and she wants to meet him in person. And when they meet in person, he reluctantly goes. Yeah. She says that she's pregnant with his child. And he wants to get an abortion, but she doesn't because she wants to bring the child into the world. And she, she basically wants him to leave his wife and child so he can be with her and raise the child that's currently growing in her womb. Right. And he isn't keen on that at all. Eventually, he moves to the countryside with his wife and daughter. And she tracks them down to the countryside. And while him and the family are out on a bit of a day out. She actually grabs the child's new bunny rabbit and kills it and boils it in a pot and the family find it when they come home. Jesus Christ. I know. It's uh, quite creepy. Glenn's a bit of a, a psycho. A bit of a psycho, yeah. But um, I kind of thought that was a little bit funny though. It was... You sicko. No, it, was just what, it reminded me of an ex-girlfriend's bunny rabbit. So, <laughs> so it looked the exact same as her rabbit. So I was kind of thinking, ham, <laughs> you know. You should have sent her a link. I should have sent her a link, yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, he's starting to get even more freaked out. And he, he confesses to the wife and he tries to get the police involved and everything. Yeah. And um, he actually goes to the goes to Glenn Close's apartment and he strangles her and everything and threatens that he'll kill her if she comes near the family again. But she doesn't care and she actually kidnaps his daughter. He, she collects her from school oh, one day Jesus. and brings her to the fun fair. The 
This is a, a roller coaster of a film. It really is. I actually, a, a minute ago, I was about to go, and when does the fatality come in? This was just before the rabbit. But, um, sure, the, fa- the wife kicks him, kicks him out. But she, um, well, she's searching for the daughter because she wasn't there when she went to collect her after school. Yeah. She ends up getting in a car crash. Ends up in the hospital. Oh, jeez. So Glenn, Glenn is getting her own way. Glenn's getting her own way. But then she agrees to let the husband back home so she he can care for the daughter and her because she's in quite a bit of pain. Yeah. But uh, Glenn. Oh, no. Glenn gets into the house. Of course Glenn gets into the, I've noticed with a lot of these films, not a lot of security Never in the home. Never is any security, no. And a lot of people seem to leave the door unlocked. They leave it unlocked or they leave it open. Now, I can understand on a nice hot sunny day when you're at home, leaving your door open. Ah, yeah, but when there's a psycho Glenn around, you know, exactly <laughs> leave the door open, you know. Yes, both of them. Well, she's got in once and killed your rabbit. Surely you get locks, like. Yeah, exactly. You change the locks or you do something. Yeah. You know? And she's hardly going to fit through the dog flap, is she? So. Well, Glenn Close is a skinny woman. She's a skinny woman, yeah. It depends on the size of the dog. That's true. That's true. Did they have a dog? They didn't have a dog. Just a dead bunny. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, I don't think they really need to to worry about her getting in through the dog flap. (laughs) No. But, meanwhile, the wife is trying to get into the bath. She's going to have a nice soak and see if it leaves the pain, you know. But Glenn gets into the bathroom with a big knife and tries to kill the wife because she wants Michael Douglas all to herself. Again, my previous issue with this whole thing. That, how is that going to win, Michael? I don't know. In her head, it seems right. But anyways, Michael comes up, running up, because he hears the wife scream, and he pushes Glenn into the bat, and he, he drowns her in the bat. And the wife is in the bat at the same time? No, she's she's standing next to the toilet, watching ah, this all in horror. But, so now um, she's married to a murderer and an adulterer. Yes, and um, but Michael Glenn, Douglas. meanwhile, is after being drowned in the bath, and then he he's sitting on the edge of the bath, and then he thinks she's dead. Next minute, she comes out of the water and tries to stab him. But meanwhile, the wife pulled out a gun and shot her in the heart. Out of where? Um, they had a gun. For, they had bought a gun for protection. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. After so the rabbit. Glenn ends up dead, and Good. then the movie ends. What about Glenn's baby? Was Glenn's baby real or did she make up a baby? Nobody knows. That's actually a thing no one knows. It's never been confirmed. But Glenn Close, for over 30 years, has actually been defending the movie and defending her character, saying she's not a psychopath, she just has mental health problems and needed to have them sorted out. That's fair, but Mm. did they address that in the film? They didn't. Well then, I get where Glenn's coming from and that might be how she develop the character in her own mind yeah but from the outside looking in if they don't touch on that kind of thing yeah that's one of the, f- the flaws with the movie that she obviously had a problem but it wasn't touched on and especially after her slitting her wrists and everything something should have been done then maybe that maybe the, the filmmakers thought that uh, that particular scene is enough to illustrate that she's mental health issues yeah but Glenn Close she was against the ending of the movie. She wanted a different ending. But mm. it was actually a um, test audience that decided the ending. 
the original ending was supposed to be Glenn Close committing suicide and framing Michael Douglas for murder. That's very dark. Yeah, but the test audience didn't like that and thought, no, <laughs> let's have her turn into a psycho bitch and kill her. So instead of her killing herself and framing him for murder, yeah. they thought it was better if he was actually a murderer. Or no, yeah. he isn't the murderer. The wife's the murderer. Yeah, he tried to kill her and the wife ends up being the murderer. Yeah, that's true. So actually. the wife is the murderer and he's an accessory to murder and attempted murder. Yeah, that's true, actually. Interesting. Yeah, but it was. It was a very unusual movie. I know I've just basically spoiled the movie right now, but... Uh, if it's 30 years old. Yeah, it's, it's even it heading towards 40 years old, I think, now. Mm-hmm. But it is worth the watch. And um, it it has inspired so many different accounts yeah. and movies of its kind. So. And where can people watch Fatal Attraction? Um, is it on streaming services? It's not on streaming services, but I watched it on Sky. I think it can be repeated quite often on on some of those movie channels i'm not quite sure but i'm sure you'll find it somewhere at some stage they're always updating movies on the on all the yeah. streaming sites did you watch any movies this week Keen, i watched watch? cast away oh brilliant that's a classic movie. absolutely well. loved it tom hanks is a tour de force as they say for anyone who hasn't seen it hmm. uh i'm also going to tell you what happens but again Came out in like 1995. So it's almost... A, oh, 25 years old. Yeah, well, almost 26. Almost 26. So Tom Hanks works for FedEx. Who must have paid a huge amount of money to be the delivery service of choice for that film. Yeah, they would have done, definitely. Because the, the start of that film is just a giant ad for FedEx. Yeah, it really is. So you, Amazon. <laughs> Were Amazon around in 1995? No, thanks to FedEx. <laughs> yeah, go FedEx. Other uh, postal services are available. We're not going to promote FedEx here. <laughs> Unless they want to promote us. Yeah. Oh my God, imagine like our intros then. Be the, the Laughable Podcast brought to you by FedEx. Yeah, FedEx cool. For all your boxes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he works for FedEx and... He he's on a plane and he I don't he has to fly with the packages for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I know. Ne- I never. I didn't quite get why he has to be on the plane with them. Yeah, but he's on the plane either. with them. He's on the plane. The plane crashes uh, over the ocean and he drifts onto onto an island. He quickly realizes he's alone and he starts collecting up all the parcels that wash up on the island. And I think it's cool because they're building up his character. The whole way through before the plane crash as someone who took his job really seriously. Yeah. And when he collects the parcels, he doesn't open them to look for stuff to help himself no. immediately. He tries to collect them all up so that when he's saved, he can still deliver the parcels. Yeah, which is, like you just said, it is really, he does care about his job. Yeah, it's, and it's little character building stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that I think I always find really cool in, in movies. But uh, eventually he... He's he's trying to survive and he cuts himself an awful lot. Yeah, he really does. He does an awful lot of damage to his foot at one stage, doesn't he? He, uh, in walking, in wading through water, he cuts his feet off the stones that are in the, buried in the sand. Yeah. He 
tries to swim after something or he sees a a boat hmm. he sees a boat and then he gets uh, gets his uh, raft and he tries to paddle out towards the boat to be saved and the waves knock him off and he falls in and cuts his leg open on a piece of coral yeah that's it and then he's trying to make fire and the stick he's using to make fire cuts his hand Jesus he's terrible unlucky he's in ribbons yeah and then he starts talking to Wilson, the the volleyball. Yeah, can't forget Wilson. Uh, Wilson's created when he cuts his hand uh, trying to start a fire. Oh, yeah, he uses the blood to make yeah. the face. That's it. Uh, which is quite cool. Uh, but there's that one There's one box that he, he refuses to open. And you never find out what's in the box. Yeah, it has an unusual symbol on it. It has like a pair of wings. Hmm. Uh, and he holds on to that box. After five years, he, he manages to get off the island. Five years? Is that how long he was on it? It's five years, yeah. Wow, I forgot it was that long, wow. And the reveal of... What did he did he eat? And... He, there was coconuts on the island, so he was drinking coconut milk. Uh, and then he was eating crabs, and he was catching fish. Wow. So... Wow, five years can't be good for your mental health, though. No, he goes absolutely mental, and... Uh, he slowly descends further and further into madness where he, he talks to Wilson and Wilson talks back. I he thought it was also, cool. Um, sorry now for interrupting you. Doesn't he also kind of live in a bit of a cave and he, he does drawings? Yeah, right? he does drawings of uh, his his uh, partner. Hmm. What was I going to say? Yeah, the reveal of when, uh, after the five years, how he's still alive. Because it shows him, there's, uh, it shows a fish swimming around on the coast, and it, uh, when he first arrives on the island, and he sprints after, and he's trying to kill it, yeah, and he can't get anywhere close to it. And then it comes up uh, when it's five years later. Uh, it shows a fish swimming around, and you get a spear hits it. He's a pro now. Yeah, so he's standing like a good bit away, and suddenly he's able to just ping a spear into a fish. Whereas before, he couldn't get it at all. Yeah, so practice makes perfect. Yeah. And then then he eventually gets off the island. And it's such a sad ending to the film. Because he, he arrives back and he realises, or he gets told once he arrives back, that his his, uh, his partner had moved on. And he had, he was planning to propose to her. And she's married and has a kid now. Yeah, and she was basically gotten got true. Yeah, she's five she's years. All he could think about. But one thing I think I always found odd was he descended into absolute madness. Yeah, for five years all alone, and he comes back and he's perfectly fine. Yeah, I didn't get that either. To be totally honest, like he doesn't seem to have any like real psychological damage. No, which is very very strange. Yeah. Also, I forgot, he does uh, his own dentistry. He removes one of his teeth with a, a, a skate. Ooh, I don't remember that, Jesus. Yeah, he puts the a back of the skate in his mouth and hits it with a rock and knocks out his own tooth. Ooh. But yeah, that's that's what I watch. I actually only watch that Sunday. Yeah, it is. And the ending is, he does deliver that parcel, doesn't he? Yeah, he drops the parcel off, but the woman isn't home. And he drops the parcel off and uh, as he's leaving, he stops to look at a map to see where he's going to go next. Yeah, he's on a, he's basically in, in his life now. He's at a crossroads. Yeah. 
Which is a nice little metaphor at the end. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis is always good for those kind of visual visual metaphors. Yeah, it annoyed me, I'll admit, when I first watched it. And I seen that, I was like, he's standing in the middle of a feckin' road. Yeah. I was kind of like, is that it? Is that the end and that here? I just watched him feckin' eat coconuts for two hours. <laughs> she she shows up and she tells him what's in every direction. Yeah. And then she heads home and he realises she's the one who, who posted that parcel. But then... In a way, he go, goes through the whole film in that Kelly is what got him through. Kelly being his, his partner. Yeah. Is what got him through on the island. And then it ends up, he writes on the note that he leaves with the parcel. That was the parcel that saved his life. Oh. Or some, something along those lines. I can't exactly remember what the note was. Yeah. And you'd wonder, in a way, was it fate? Because... He meets this woman, because she was quite attractive, this woman that he does meet. You'd wonder, was that fate in a way that, because he does kind of glance back in a direction into which she drove at the end. You'd wonder, was he kind of interested, maybe, maybe she was a sign. Maybe that parcel was a sign. Maybe. You never know. It's each person's interpretation, I suppose. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Hmm. But yeah, that, that was our reviews of... Fatal Attraction and Castaway. Yeah, so check them out, guys, if you can. I think yeah. Castaway is on Netflix. Ca- at the moment. Castaway is now on Netflix. Um, a movie, another movie that I watched this week. I won't give any spoilers. Just, it was called Scary Sc- Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And it, how many thumbs up will we give that? That movie. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half thumbs. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like Saw. <laughs> it's um based on the novels from the eighties and nineties. It um it isn't the scariest of things. It reminded me a little bit of Goosebumps, if you remember Goosebumps when we were younger. Oh yes. Actually mm. speaking of Goosebumps, isn't there a Goosebumps movie with Jack Black? There is. Is that any good? It isn't bad. It's okay actually. That's on Amazon Prime if you wanted to look at that. I probably won't. I wasn't a fan of the Goosebumps books. Hmm. You're not into the creepy things at all, are you, King? Not really, no. I watched, um, I don't think it was Poltergeist. It's a movie, it starred, I want to say Marty McFly. It's not, <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Uh, and he's able to see ghosts. Oh. And he lives in his house and there's two ghosts that like live with him and he interacts with them. And it's kind of a horror, it's kind of, it's funny as well. It's almost along the, the lines of Ghostbusters. Right, okay. Maybe it is Poltergeist. No. No, Poltergeist was with a child. And right. I think a ghost comes out to tell you or something. I may look it up. Yeah, you stall for the people while I look up Yeah. what film this is. Um, tell us more about what was a scary... Sco- scary... scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. And it's about these four young friends. I think they're in high school. And they are being chased by some bullies on Halloween night. And they decide to hide in a haunted house believed to be haunted by a young woman called Sarah Bellows who died in the early 1900s. And she was never ever seen in person and there was never ever a photograph taken of her. And she was believed to have lived in the basement and... Young children used to go to the house and 
lay down towards the on the grass or whatever so that they could hear her speak through the basement yeah and she would tell them scary stories and it was said that the chi- every time she told a scary story the young child would end up dying and that she was said to have been a child murderer and she used to write her stories in this book using the blood of those children that's really creepy I yeah. wouldn't be a fan of that at all no but um, these people hide in the house and as you can guess things escalate from there I won't give any spoilers but it isn't a scary thing like I said it reminds me of goosebumps so you could perhaps enjoy it if more you're into that sort of a thing yeah, yeah. You, get, you get a bit of a creepy vibe off of it but it is quite harmless I see well, the the film I'm thinking of is called The Frighteners. Ah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've, I think I've heard of it before. It seems was fairly... It, was it that film that does put you off of scary no, things? No, I quite like something one, in particular that put you off? Um, i just never been a fan of them, really. Um, Just, yeah, that kind of... I don't really feel like being scared a lot. Yeah, so I get that. I used to be like that now myself, but... um. For some some reason, something clicked in me, and I just started to like them. No, I never like. I've never watched stuff like Friday the Thirteenth, all that kind of. Yeah, I would like a slasher movie now. I would. I would be keen on them for some reason. I just think they're different. Like there's some films that uh, some people have said are horrors. Like some people class Jurassic Park as a horror. No, I wouldn't class. That. No, I've. Uh, I think it's when if you Google it on Google shockingly enough <laughs> uh it, it comes up as a horror oh does it or jaws yeah jaws is supposed to be a horror but uh if they're set during the day i don't find them scary it's stuff at night yeah i get you but even like in video games and i'm not ashamed to admit this if i'm playing a game and there's something supernatural in it and i'm not expecting it like if i think it's just a normal game mm. and there's something supernatural in it, it freaks me out yeah and i'll stop playing i stop playing tomb raider wasn't it yeah tomb raider um i forget shadow of the tomb raider because there was these weird demon yokes and i was like i don't want this yeah i just want to do a few puzzles <laughs> like if i know ghouls and stuff are going to be in a game i'm grand yeah if you know it going into it yeah but don't surprise me with uh some sort of demon and jump scares i don't yeah. want it I would be interesting to see you play a game that I played this past week. Um, I'm actually interested in platinuming games. And for those that don't know what that is, on PlayStation, on most video games, you can collect trophies for doing certain things in that game. And um, I played a game this past week called Until Dawn. It is a horror survival game. And it surrounds the whole idea of a butterfly effect. Oh, yeah. I've actually, I've watched people play that. Yeah. And I'm okay. It's weird. I'm okay, like, watching stuff like that. Mm. But I I wouldn't play it myself. Like uh, The Last of Us. Yeah. I watched my brother play the first The Last of Us game. Yeah. And I went to play it myself, and I was just like, "No, I can't get into it." But I loved watching it. I was like, "This is watching it, yeah." Like it, when the TV show comes out, because did you see that? Uh, I think it's HBO. 
hmm. are making uh, a TV show starring Pedro Pascal. Of The Last of Us? Yeah. Oh, very good. So, that I think that's going to be brilliant. I'll watch that. Hmm. But I, I probably, I, I haven't played, I haven't never even touched The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I haven't even played the first one yet, to be honest. I have it, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Yeah. I'm terribly slow when it comes to playing games because of the platinum. And yeah. But um, uh, you never know. I might get you to play Until Dawn one day with me. Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But um, you were saying there about HBO, Keen. Um, interestingly, George R.R. R. Martin has signed a seven-figure deal to create more shows with the HBO. Sorry, I'm just trying to work out. I, You know when someone says seven figures, I'm like... How many is that? <laughs> so that's at least a million. At least a million, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's about six. Probably it wasn't specified to my knowledge, but I think there was already rumors floating around about a potential prequel to Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think there was uh, all about the Targaryens. Hmm. So. That could be very good. Yeah, but God only knows how long it'll take because he's a notoriously slow writer. He hasn't even finished the Game of Thrones series yet. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's weird to think that uh, the show is finished. Before the books. Granted, I feel like people would have rather they waited for him to finish the book so that they could then they made the show based off the book because a lot of people weren't happy with the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, I actually, I have something that I heard this week, or more so I read this week, and I thought you'd find it quite interesting. This guy, his name is Rube Worrell. I've lost it. Waddle. Rube Waddle. What a name. Okay. Rube. Rube. R-U-B-E. Rube. Or okay. Ruby. So, he was a, a baseball player. Right. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember his years active. I found this on a, on a Twitter thread. And it's all uh, quotes taken from his Wikipedia and then other articles to back up some of the some of the claims. So uh, he played baseball, but he was uh, notably unpredictable. Okay, how so? Uh, early in his career, he would leave in the middle of a game to go fishing. <laughs> right. He had a, he had a fascination with fire trucks and has run off had run off the field uh, to go to chase after them on multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> He would disappear for months. Sounds like a puppy. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's mental. But uh, he disappeared for months during the off season, and it was not known where he went until it was discovered that he was wrestling alligators in a circus. Actual alligators. Yeah. <laughs> he was easily distracted by opposing fans who held up puppies, which caused him to run over to play with them and shiny objects, which seemed to put him in a trance. <laughs> so he's a mixture of a of a puppy, a crow. <laughs> a magpie <laughs> a magpie that's it according to a uh, baseball historian Lee Allen is quoted in the American League stories he began the 1903 season sleeping in a firehouse in New Jersey and ended it tending uh, tending a bar in a saloon in West Virginia and in between that he won 22 games with the Philadelphia Athletics <laughs> wow so he was a talent as well yeah he toured the nation in a vaudeville uh, play called The Stain of Guilt Courted, married, and became separated from May Wynn Skinner of Lynn, Massachusetts, which is in still all in one season. Wow. 
saved a woman from drowning, accidentally shot his friend through the hand and was bitten by a lion. <laughs> was he wrestling the lion? <laughs> it could have been. Who knows? <laughs> his performance in The Stain of Guilt was notable in that his co-star, who had realised that he was incapable of memorising his lines, just let him improvise his lines for every show. And the play was critically acclaimed and, and was much discussed for a scene in which he lifted the actor playing the villain, a villain and threw him across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> You'd wonder if he actually just in each show was it totally different lines. I'd say it was. From the sounds <laughs> of it, it definitely was. And apparently he became such a star as an actor, he used it to negotiate higher wages as a baseball player. Wow. Then in 1905, he won a triple crown for pitching. He'd a, a win-loss record of 27 wins to 10 losses. 287 strikeouts uh, and a 1.48 earned run average. That means nothing to me. I don't really know about Yeah, uh, but he was, he was a talent. He was a superstar, basically. Oh, yeah. It was his fourth consecutive season to finish with 20 or more wins. Around this time, he was sharing a room with teammate O.C. Schreckengost. Another powerful name. Yeah. Schreckengost later refused to share a room until a contract clause was created that would stop Waddle eating crackers in bed. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, this kind of illustrates how good a player he was so he enjoyed waving his teammates off the field and then striking out the others the, the opposition so he played them single-handedly yeah he called all his outfielders in so that there was no one out there to catch the ball because he, he was that it. confident with his pitching yeah <laughs> he actually did so only in the exhibition games since official baseball rules prohibited playing with fewer than nine men on the field in regulation play but in a league game in Detroit, he uh, had his outfielders come in close and sit down on the grass to watch him strike out the, the other team. <laughs> Once it almost uh, backfired, he was uh, pitching in, in an exhibition game in Memphis. He took the field uh, alone with his catcher, Doc Powers, and for the last three innings. And with two out in the ninth, uh, Powers dropped the third strike, allowing the batter to reach first. The next two batters hit blooped pop flies, which I'm uh, assuming is when he pitched, they just literally held the bat out. So tapped the bat and he didn't have time to get to them before they got to the next base. Ah, yeah, I get you. So So they kind of conned him a little bit there. Yeah. Or, oh no, they hit it just enough that it would hit the ground just behind the pitching mound. So then he'd have to run back and get it. Ah, yeah. So he outplayed him. Yeah, but despite running himself ragged, he uh, he he still struck out the last man and won the game. Wow. While in spring training with a team called the Millers, he saved the city of Hickman, Kentucky from a devastating flood in 1912. And how did he do that? It doesn't say. I'm not sure, but apparently when he was a kid, uh, to strengthen his arm, he'd throw rocks at birds. Oh. <laughs> Oh, there's loads of bits here. Sorry, I uh, I skipped like three bits of information. Uh, he gained more fame for saving the lives of people inside the department store when he picked up a burning oil stove that had overturned and carried it out of the building before it could start a fire. <laughs> he uh, His behaviour got more erratic, uh, including an incident in which he got into a fist fight with a cross-country train after making fun of a teammate's straw hat. Oh, on a cross-country train. I was going to say he fought a train. <laughs> like, why is why does the train have a teammate? <laughs> but 
But yeah, Jesus. Oh, there's more. In more? Saint, in St. Louis uh, in late August, Waddle, after spending the night at an amusement park, showed up at 1am knocking on Connie Mack's hotel door. When the manager opened it, he found Rube standing there offering what he what, what was called a pizzazzaz sandwich consisting of Limburger cheese and stale onions. A pizzazzaz? A pizzazzaz. Gonna have to try that for lunch one day. Uh, I've, there's an article here that uh, from 1917 describing a single night uh, where he snuck backstage at a play and fired a gun 40 times. Why? It doesn't say. Just for fun? I'm guessing so. Hold on, I <laughs> see if I can find that in there. Nah, I'm not going to look through the article. I'll just read the highlights. Uh, he got attacked by a lion after insulting it. Oh, okay, so. Told the police his injuries were from fighting off highwaymen and was declared a hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he also tried to hypnotize a walrus. What was he using to hypnotize the walrus? pure animal magnetism oh by the sounds of it this man thought he could do what he liked yeah uh yeah it's an article here that uh a a professor who had a big seal act brought a walrus and uh rube tried to uh hypnotize it by climbing into the into the tank and the, the exact term used is uh, he's trying to hypnotize the walrus into submissiveness and Very then good. he jumped out of the tank but this was in a tank it was in a tank like oh, it, right. this guy was traveling around with a walrus <laughs> and then rube came up against the walrus and decided he was going to jump in and try and hypnotize it <laughs> and then uh, apparently there was a load of bubbles and you couldn't see either of them and then he jumped out and the walrus had uh, pulled off his trousers in the scuffle so he was nude yeah, and uh, someone came along with a blanket uh, and Rube was carried away and uh, he had a new quote for life. You can charm a manager, but you can't hypnotise a walrus. I like it. That's that's a saying for life now. What an extraordinary man. I I love stories about people like him. It's just like... It, They're one of a kind. Yeah, like uh, Ernest Hemingway is the same. Oh yeah, you were going to tell me about him one day. Yeah, but I can't remember the exact details, so I uh, hope maybe next week... future podcast, yeah. Future podcast will go through the life and times of Ernest Hemingway, because he was very much the same. He had he brushes with lions as well, all the while writing uh, absolute masterpieces, I'm told. I've never read a, a Hemingway book. No, I think I've recently bought a Hemingway book, so I can start to read it and let you know. Do. Because I was actually keen, I read a couple of books this week, and I'd actually really like to recommend one of them to you guys, if that's alright with you, Keen. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think was going to happen there? <laughs> um, I read a book, it's actually currently in the in most stores best-selling list. Oh. It is an international bestseller. It is called The Twins of Auschwitz, and it is written by... Um, Eva Moses Kaur and she tells her story of her time spent in Auschwitz with her twin Miriam and she went through Dr. Joseph Mengele's experiments during her time there 
that must be a very dark read. It um it is a very compelling and harrowing tale. It's also very inspirational. It's the strength of the human character, human belief. Do you find it hard to read uh stuff like that like biographies and autobiographies from people who've who've come through situations like that because i know a lot of people um uh they don't like do a film they won't watch a film to do with nazis just because the the whole the holocaust just freaks them out how someone can be that cruel and that evil yeah you i still wonder to this day how it all happened but um to answer your question there are moments where I would put down the book just to, to take a moment, just to, to let it sink in and, I don't know, get my head around the fact that, wow, how is this even physically possible? How is it humanely possible that such horrific things happened? How yeah. was it allowed? How was it not stopped? How did these people become so brainwashed into doing these acts? Yeah. But um, you wonder if stuff is like that is going on now. Exactly. That we just don't know. Like, look at somewhere like North Korea. With that book, Keen, I I do recommend it. It's not only speaks about her time in Auschwitz, but also goes speaks about her time after Auschwitz. And she was actually a very inspirational woman. She hunted down many Nazis afterwards. Whoa. She went back to Auschwitz year after year and gave tours she was actually a very humorous woman yeah something like she did that was quite humorous actually was um on her one of her tours in Auschwitz she came back with a sweatshirt for her son that said I survived Auschwitz and all I brought back was this lousy sweatshirt oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> so she she did have a good sense of humor in in spite of what she went through yeah, Jesus. she was even a woman who was on Twitter and she was a huge fan of McDonald's and she loved chicken McNuggets. And when she used to go over to Auschwitz, there is actually a McDonald's next to Auschwitz now, which seems very bad form, in my opinion. It does. If you're talking, if you're to look at it purely from a business standpoint, that is some ideal placement yeah i'm not sure if it's right beside it but she actually put out a tweet saying that um this would have been ideal to get my nuggets 75 years ago (laughs) my god so she was an unusual woman but she's mostly well known for actually forgiving the nazis for the treatment of her why why would she forgive them because she didn't want to live life with a constant fear a constant sort of regret she felt by giving forgiveness she was actually releasing that anger releasing that pain and moving on with her life i get it i get where she's coming from she she was ridiculed for that forgiveness especially by other holocaust survivors yeah but that was her own opinion her own thought her own coping mechanism i suppose it's like gandhi when he forgave that guy who shot him or no the pope that's a very big (laughs) (laughs) pope john paul ii 
Someone tried to assassinate him and he forgave them. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. He can, I suppose. I don't know. I don't think. Spiritual wonders. I don't think I'd forgive someone for shooting me. No. Or torturing me. No, but um, it is quite an interesting read. It is in bookshops now if you want to check it out. Yeah. And is she still alive? Passed away? She has passed away, sadly. But um, I believe she passed away in 2017. And she actually passed away next to Auschwitz when she gave a tour. So sadly enough, in in some people's eyes, she still passed away close to the place that took her when she was a child. But in other people's eyes, it can be seen that she died in the place that she... She made it her own. She made it her own, basically, yeah. She was able to turn the power against them in a way. In her own eyes, she felt that she had the power over them now. I can, with I her can forgiveness see. and with her being able to go back year upon year and show others what happened and how she became a success herself. So that nothing is impossible and you should always keep fighting for your dreams. That's a solid message. Mm. We don't often have a message when it comes to our podcast. No, but... Um, I know we're only on episode three, but <laughs> I can't see it being a, a theme in the future. <laughs> but it was. It's a, it is a very inspirational book. And it is worth a read. It, is, it isn't a long book. You get through it quite quickly. So if you're interested, check it out. Uh, so I'm winning when it comes to our picks in sports. You are. Because Marseille got a, a cute little 2-0 win. They did. Yup, the boys. I had me Marseille jumper and all on over the weekend. <laughs> and the Clippers won. They did. They bet the Lakers by 18 points. So that is a good weekend for me. Yeah, 2-1 to you in terms of the predictions. So, I'm going to get up the old NBA televised games again. Perfect. While you're doing that, I might actually read out a few headlines and stuff that I've seen. James Charles uh, was caught messaging underage fans. and Again? He, yes, and he came out with an apology. And basically the apology was, and I quote, all he said was, I fucked up. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure that bit out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and quite simply, the whole idea of uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me comes to mind. Yeah. Because it's bad enough it happened once. But it, to be caught a second time is a hundred times worse. I, think, I believe this is the third time. It's the third, wow. Yeah. And from the pictures, there's screenshots of the messages, he knew this guy was 16. So he knew. He knew. Because unless he never watched the the chap's TikToks. Your man was putting up TikToks about how he he was 15 and 6 foot 3. And then... then, So he had to have known or he just chose to ignore the fact. Yeah. And he he wished... I think it's in one of the screenshots. He wishes the guy a happy birthday. So he knew when when his birthday was. So I I don't know many people... So his apology is a joke. Yeah, wasn't it? To say something such as I fucked up is for something that he's done, what, for the third time now? Yeah. Is beyond ridiculous. It's. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't know. I just like. (sighs) It's basically his apology is written on the the toilet paper that he wiped his arse with. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. It's not worth the shit. Yeah. Like surely at some stage someone's going to arrest him yeah i don't i don't get how 
Like he's admitted to it. Didn't isn't this what Adam Johnson did as well? He went to prison. He Why went isn't... to prison, and he didn't agree with himself going to prison because he felt he only went to prison because of his status. He still did wrong, no yeah, matter what. It doesn't matter what he way. says or whatever. He still did wrong, and it was something that should never have been done. Moving on from that, um, something I wanted to actually ask you was yesterday. I'm not sure if it is a new record or not, but. In a food eating contest, a man managed to eat 50 cream eggs in 26 minutes. Do you reckon you could beat his record? No, that's a cream egg every 30 seconds. Thereabouts. Thereabouts. 50. And there's the equivalent of six spoons of sugar in one cream egg. So he ate 50. So that's around, what, 300 spoons of sugar? Yeah. That I'd be sick after, I'd say I get to 10. And then it gets sick. Yeah, I would like. I'd hate to see the state of his bathroom that night. Like, it's just. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, you you can't be well after eating that many. No. And he also because he found a diff he found it difficult to swallow the chocolate. He drank hot water. Well, then I think it's a false number because I think if you're doing a challenge like that, that'd be like um. If you did the uh, the challenge to eat as many cream crackers as you could in a minute, but you had a drink as well, that's not the record. That's not the record, really. Yeah, that's a good point, Keane. I think he's cheated. I think we should contact him now and just tell him he's a, an awful fraud. human being. <laughs> You're a fraud, and then just give no more acknowledgement to it. Yeah. No, that's that's a bit toxic. We won't do that. <laughs> no. But the last couple of things... Um, Nike under lawsuit to stop the sales of Lil Nas X's Satan shoes. Oh, that actually I meant to follow up on that. Apparently, yeah. doesn't matter. Shoes of shoes, their whole stocks have already been sold and posted. Yeah, the company was mischief. We failed to mention yeah. that last week, and they cost one thousand and eighteen euro. But I think I think the lawsuit just means they can't sell any more that one, that yeah. particular shoe. But they they said they're not making it anymore. That was. Once the ru- that run of shoe, once that once they sold all the ones that had been manufactured at that stage, they weren't making any more. So the lawsuit means absolutely nothing. Like it's totally redundant. It's right? a hollow victory for for Nike. Um, another story: two-time silver medalist in canoeing. His surname is Bagley. I don't know his first name. I. But he was actually arrested because he tried to smuggle in $110 million worth of cocaine into Australia. Jesus Christ. Yeah, two-time silver medalist at the Olympics. Clearly his life has gone wrong somewhere. Yeah. Either that or he just loves cocaine. Which, if we're being honest, that still means your life has gone wrong somewhere. Joe Biden's dog has bit again. He strikes again. He's after biting another person at the White House. And there's talks, should he be put down? Should he not be put down? No, he shouldn't be put down. Uh, what did the person do? I think they just went to pet him. Ah, more to that story. There's more to that now. He was waving a bag of tato in his face, I'd say. We should uh, contact Joe Biden yeah. <laughs> for comment. Yeah. Here, send him over here. I'll take care of him. Yeah, exactly. He's a lovely looking dog. Hmm. German Shepherd, isn't it? Yeah, mm. a rescue dog. First ever rescue dog in the White House. There you go. See, Joe Biden, hero. Apparently, this only happens when Joe Biden's wife leaves. Oh. The dog, the dog gets more aggressive when uh, Joe Biden's wife isn't there. 
So normally what to do is they send the dogs back to their old home in, a, in I believe, in Denver. Right. Uh, and uh, when she comes back, the the dogs come back to the White House. So I don't know. I, I have a feeling if it, uh, it happens at her time, the poor dog might be put down. But Sadly. There I has feel... to be something going on for the dog to do what he's doing. Yeah. He's not used to his new surroundings either. So. Prob- that's probably it. And like that, if they're sending the dog back to its old home every time she's gone, if it's a rescue dog, it might have abandonment issues. There you go. That's so, a good thought, actually. So it might not uh, be dealing well with the... Here, look, maybe the Bidens will listen to this and they'll be like, oh, it does. Two young lads, they're, uh, they know what's up. Yeah. Get them over as official advisors for dog Those two relations. Guys know facts. Yeah. We'll, we'll go over as official advisors to the Biden administration. Yeah. Buy some new sunglasses, look the part. Yeah, just wear suits. Yeah, men in black style. Yeah, we'll look like we're part of his official security team and then we'll just be there with the dogs. We're the dog security team. We're the team. dog security team. Oh, oh we yeah. found it. We found it. We a need niche. to make this happen. We need to make it happen. We're contacting Biden now. Mr. Joe. <laughs> um, the last thing I was going to say to you, Keen, was that the Eurovision is coming around again. Love love the Eurovision. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a... it's a bit of fun. But um, the semi-finals have been announced. They're going to happen in May. The, the lineups have right. been agreed. And the favourites have started to come around as well. Do you mind me asking, who who is the bookie's favourite? Bucky's favourite, I believe. I think it could be Iceland. Ooh. They were favourites last year before it didn't go ahead. Interesting. So I believe they could be favourites again. But I could be wrong. I'd have to look into it. And favourites constantly change. Ireland are actually a dark horse to win the whole competition. They have sent Leslie Roy... And she is going to be singing the song Maps. And we actually listened to it before we started to talk today. Yeah, I um, when I first started listening to it, I found I found it uh, hard to understand what she was saying. Yes. Uh, but it's catchy. It is catchy. It's got a nice little melody to it. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. The video is a bit odd. Video is odd. Uh, mostly for the choices of uh, wardrobe, I found. Yeah, because As, she, uh, in some moments she's standing still, and for a lot of it, she's actually running around. Yeah, and in the moment she's standing still, she's wearing a- athletic gear. True. And when she has to run, she's in a cardigan and a heavy coat. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, which I... I, I uh, I'm surprised no one brought that up at the production meeting. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I never understood as well in all these spy movies... They wear a suit, which has to be the most difficult thing to run around in. Do you not think they'd be wearing like some sort of leisure wear? Some sort of a tracksuit to be running after bad guys in? Uh, might not look as good, but at <laughs> least they can move freely. That's very true, actually. I I did see in the comments on the Irish entry to Eurovision, uh, someone has said that uh, it feels like the song a Disney princess would sing. Ooh, that's a good shout. It is. Yeah. I I have to agree with that. Uh, and let's be honest, who doesn't love a good Disney song? That's true, actually. So hopefully we'll do well in Eurovision. Hopefully. Uh, it hasn't gone our way a lot lately. No, I, I think the last time we got very high 
in the table, I think, was with Jedward. Was it, that was their, their first year, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, with Lollipop, I think it was. Oh, we never made our picks. Oh, yeah. Tell us our picks there, Keen. What's happening? Right, so, uh, the match that I'm going to go with, again, it's uh, the match that we'll be able to, to watch. Boston Celtics are at the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I picked first in this last week, so I'll let you pick first this week. I am going to go with the Celtics on this one. They are on hot run of form. Jalen Brown is playing quite well. I see. So I have a feeling that they might just nick it, but it will be a tight game, I feel. I'm actually going to go with the Nuggets. I'm going to back the Joker. Joker's in hot form. He's leading the MVP race. So I'm going to back him. I'm going to go for the Nuggets. So I let you you find a lovely a lovely second game for us to to pick from. I'll do that now. I don't think I have any uh, any recommendations for what to watch or what to do with your lives. People, go for a walk. That's what I recommend this week. Actually, I have a, a some I want to get your opinion on electric scooters. Um, I don't see what the big craze is, and I don't think they should be on the actual road. Nor should they really be on the path. It's a difficult call to make. Technically, I would say they should be on the road. They should be on the road, but I don't agree with them being in the middle of the road, like in front of a car. I think they should be kind of in, like a like a, like a bicycle. They should be in on the cycle paths. Yes. Because technically, uh, well, not technically, you should, you're meant to cycle your bike on the road. But... These electric scooters obviously have a motor, so they're, by the sim- most simple of definitions, a motorised vehicle. That's true. So they should be on the roads, not on the paths. They shouldn't be on the paths. They're quite dangerous because they just come out of nowhere with them. They're they're rapid little yokes. Like. Yeah, I think they can go a max 25 miles per hour, I believe. That's like a full sprint for some people. Yeah. Now uh, they, might, they may reach higher speeds, but that's what I've heard. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of them uh, uh, now myself. I think I'd look ridiculous on one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd feel a little bit weird on them now, I have to say. And I, I've never seen anyone going around on one wearing a helmet. No, they never are. They are very popular now, though. I see most people on them nowadays. They're particularly pop- popular with, with the youths. Yeah. Our local skate park is absolutely flooded with people nowadays. Yeah. I didn't realise there was that many people interested in skateboarding in, in our local. Yeah, it just goes to show you though. Once the skate park arrived, just showed you that there is that, there was that demand really. Can you imagine how many people are going to flock to the white water rafting uh, park that they're building in, I, think, I believe in Dublin? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, there was outrage over it when it was first announced because people were like, you could use that money for a lot more important things than a, a white water rafting yeah so just the homeless problem yeah because speaking of kind of a, a water activity kind of a, a park they also have fort lucan in dublin and that place is i believe a rip-off but yeah. uh, the smell of that water i wouldn't call it water i'd call it piss because <laughs> it absolutely reeks. Have you ever been there? Uh, was I was there when I was like 11 or 12. Actually, that was uh, 
probably the worst school tour I was ever on. Yeah, I had to go there a couple of times with a youth group and it, I just hated it. We took, I think it was five buses. Wow. To, to get there. Because the bus we went on to get up was grand. Then that broke down so we had to take a different bus. And then that bus broke down. So then a bus collected us from that bus and brought us to a place for another bus to collect us from there to bring us home. We also went to a, a butterfly farm. That was pretty cool. Not a bad tour, really. Yeah, like it was good crack. But I didn't like, there was certain aspects of Fort Luke and I didn't like. So they gave you a, a token when you went in. Yeah. And you either got to do mini golf yeah. or go-karting. Mm-hmm. Now, I was buzzing because I was like, right, mini golf is great crack. Yeah. And go-karting is really, really fun. I went in. The decision is tough, though. Which do you go with? Well, it became all the more easy when I saw the actual options. So there was mini golf, right. which was correct. But you had to wear a hurling helmet so you didn't get hit in the head. <laughs> and I was like, why do we need to wear helmets for mini golf? You're just putting. You're not lifting you're not, the ball. Yeah, you're not giving it a good whack. And literally, as I thought that, I looked over and one of the lads from my class was doing a full backswing. Doing a full-on Happy Gilmore, was he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, over a ramped hole. And I was like, right, maybe go-karting is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. I looked over at the go-karting. The track, it was pedal go-karts. Yeah. The track was as wide as the cart, so you couldn't overtake. Oh, no. So it was less go-karting, more traffic. Oh, Jesus. Because there was probably a huge crowd there. Actually, it was fairly empty. It was kind of just us. but Oh, <laughs> that says it all, really. <laughs> yeah. So your options were sit in traffic on a pedal, <laughs> pedal cart or risk concussion from flying golf balls in mini golf. <laughs> so I went on the slides instead and came back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's your safest option. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with La Liga this week, Keen. Oh. And. Spicy. Mm, and I'm going to say Real Sociedad versus Sevilla. Um, oh, that's a big game. Mm, a big, big game. And they're both kind of fighting for top four. I'm going to pick Sevilla. Okay, any reason why? Or I just think they are, they're a dangerous team. I, I, they can beat anyone under there. They really can. They have a good defence. Yeah, I just think they have a bit more to them than uh, Real Sociedad. I would go with Sevilla but to spice it up a little I will go with Real Sociedad because they are playing at home and they are just off of a cup win I completely forgot that they just won the cup so provided they're not still hung over from that cup win <laughs> I will go with Real Sociedad just to mix things up so we're not picking the same and uh, you have to it. as well you're behind you're behind you have I'm to behind be, I need to catch up you need to take the risks in saying that it's like we're one game we're one round in so like you're not that far behind but <laughs> no <laughs> but um, yeah that's my prediction anyways I think that's it for me this week uh, I think people will quickly come to realise as they listen to the show uh, that you prepare for it much better than I do <laughs> I just like to write a few bits down because I have a head like a sieve sometimes. Same. Like, I I saw the update on the shoes with uh, Mischief. 
Is it Miss Chief? Is it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I was like, oh, we need to talk about that next week because that happened. I seen that on the Wednesday, and obviously we posted. We'd already posted our podcast, and I was like, well, we, we're not going to record again this week, so I need yeah. to remember that for next week. Completely forgot, so I need to start writing writing these things down. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think that's it. I think. Very we're, good. We, we are clear. I'm happy to leave it here. As am I. So to all the lovely people listening, if you've made it this far into the podcast, thank you very much. Give us a follow. Yeah. Because apparently that helps. It does help. I asked the rumor anyways. Yeah. So we're ones to listen to rumors. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So follow follow us on Spotify. We're also available on Breaker, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor. There's one other podcast sharing site that I've forgotten. I'm going to check it now and then we'll have got everyone. And uh, meanwhile, there is also our social medias. Radio Public is that other place that we are available to listen to. Thanks, Keen. And we are on Twitter. It is laughable p at laughable p yes yes we are on the Instagram the Instagram and that is laughable podcast all one word and small letters we do post the memes and we are also on TikTok which we will start to create our own content on that and that is also laughable podcast one word small letters deadly stuff well. So- I will say goodbye to you now, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the week and chat to you next Wednesday. Share us with your friends. Share us around. That'd be nice. That sounds kind of weird, but yeah, do it. Okay, bye. See you guys.